just let's just work through everything that we have going on in our sort of like general minds and hearts and throats. Um, let's just get that all out there. <sighs> Maybe don't ever make that sound again <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh wait, <sighs> I need to level up. I Are we kidding? <laughs> Alex, do you hate us? <laughs> do you really? No, Alex, do you hate Thank you. Alex, do you hate us? Um, we will find out how many of your characters survive this arc. Probably <laughs> not. Tune in next week to hear the all-new cast of a horror Alice. <laughs> Are you gonna actually fire us too? It's okay. I'm right no, no, I do His not. Name's Chad. Oh God. Mm. Oh, Chad is also fired. named Chad. Oh. oh, that's so weird. Do you also have a Chad? Um, no. Oh, His name's Brad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. One's okay. a football player. The other is a football player. And, the and this one plays rugby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, I don't hate you guys. <clears throat> Thanks. So let's uh, let's let's reestablish the fiction. Let's come back into the world. Please step into my beautiful Alaska town. Join me, if you will. Uh, so a couple things before we get started. I know I've talked to you guys about this off mic as well, but just as a reminder, we have the script change mechanics in place, which means that if at any point in the game we get into a subject which is troubling for you or difficult or you just need a minute or if you're overwhelmed or even if it's just like something happened quickly and you're not really certain what went down and you wanna like stop and clarify and just be like, hey, what literally what just happened? Like I missed it. Um, <laughs> pay no attention to the rats in the walls. Um, we have script change, which is, uh, you basically have like buttons on the table, quote unquote, which you can use to pause, fast forward, or rewind the action of the story. You can either like non-verbally just like tap those or like gesture to them. Um, that or sounds like the Babadook. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> or you can just like shout out and say, hey, pause, or like, hey, uh, fast forward. Um, and those are just cues to me from you guys or um, vice versa. Maybe you get to something and I'm like, hey, uh, let's just fast forward through this. I don't want to hear all the gritty details. Then we can use those mechanics to just sort of make this a more comfortable and welcoming space for everybody involved and make sure that we have beautiful, perfect love and perfect trust inside the gaming circle. <laughs> Perfect love and perfect, perfect trust. love and perfect trust. I love that that's still a meme for for us. It's gonna be in my brain literally forever. Also, see, also these are my gifts. These are my gifts. Um, cool. So at the conclusion of our last session, we finished the trouble with Tolba's arc. You guys had sort of wrapped up your beautiful little uh, protest montage. You saved the day from the monsters, both literal and metaphorical, and reunited or rekindled rather. I think the spark of community in your little town, and that was all extremely wonderful. At the conclusion of that, though, you each had a few different threads that you sort of picked up. And so that's where we're going to go with the Winterlude. Just to remind everybody, uh, Mariah, you received a letter from Isabel in Vermanx um, and had responded to it by sending back her keychain and promising to visit her as well. Um, Siobhan, you had just gone back into work the following day and uh, had it sort of, I guess, hypothesized, conjectured by Park Director Kennedy that whatever created the tulpa in the park was not an accidental force of nature, but rather something else acting on, I guess, the environment or the, the sort of situation at hand. Um, and Martha, you uh, received a visitor at your home. Um, Hawk Peters actually showed up and left you simply with the sort of ultimatum that you need to leave Revenant. So that's where we were last time. Does anybody have any questions before we jump back in? Questions that won't, well, you know, assumed to be answered during the course of the gameplay. <laughs> there are probably a lot of questions. That's sort of the whole, big Billy. That's sort of the whole idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, any questions, like, I guess, externally in metafiction? 
cool. Let's get into it. So let's start with Martha, because Tim and I are fighting right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Naruto. <laughs> it's Naruto. <laughs> Believe it. All right, Kakarot. Cool. <laughs> Don't make me say any more anime words with my own two lips. What? Anyway. <clears throat> okay, so, Martha. You are at your home, and... Uh, there's a knock on your door and Hawk Peter shows up, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have to replay this bit for bit. But he says to you, uh, you need to leave Revenant. I need to what? Look, I, I know, I understand. I'm sure you have a million questions, but you, you can't stay here. You need not, not immediately. The, listen, the more that you know, the more danger you're in. Just trust me on this, please. I... I mean, I have people here, as weird as that sounds now, but, I mean, where would I go? There are, there are other places, Martha. There are other small towns where you can disappear, where you can start over. Nobody's going to bother you. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I want, if I want to. Um, he looks, I think, a bit taken aback. I, I think you get the impression that he was not expecting this response from you. And he, he takes a minute. He's pacing, I think, throughout this, just sort of nervously acting and saying, look, I, I, I understand that this is a lot to ask and without any warning. You can, you can take a few days to think it over, but again, the longer you stay, the less I can do to help you. Can you at least tell me what's going on? Mm. <laughs> he starts scratching at the door. He doesn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> I can't drink my Coke Zero or I'll choke on it. <laughs> he... <laughs> Are we kidding? Are we all good? Yes. Yeah, we're great. Ground ourselves again. I still read time. Cool. Still retiming. Where were we? Uh, Hawk was saying you need to leave. And right. I was like, can you explain any of it? Okay. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't tell you anything. What I would like to do going forward for you, Martha is that I want you to start exploring maybe using your weird skill or your weird abilities to do things that aren't strictly moves. Okay. So if there's a moment when you want to, for example, try to like do telekinesis or like telepathy or we've, I we've, that I have we've that. done some of this. <laughs> yeah, we've done some of this before, yeah. but I don't want you to feel necessarily chained to the moves. Basically, you know, house rules apply. Where if there's something you want to do, tell me you want to do that thing. And if there is a role you need to do for it, I will let you know. Or if there is something that we need to work out via a game mechanic, we can do that. But if there's something you want to do, just like don't worry about finding a match for it. That's my job. Okay. So you go ahead and, and like sort of just immerse yourself in the fiction, figure out what it is that you're trying to accomplish, and then we'll okay. work out a way to do that. Um, well, if he's not saying anything, then I'm going to try to read his mind. Okay. Then go ahead and roll weird for that. 
Or do you want me to roll weird just to see how much I get? Yeah, go ahead and, okay. and, and do that for me. So that's a 14. Okay, so you get very many. Um, <laughs> excellent. Perfect. Here's what happens. You sort of reach out with your, your powers or lean into them or whatever that looks like for you. I'm not sure what this experience of channeling your magic looks like in, in your mind or how you visualize it. But what happens is that you see a scene playing out in your mind. You get a very, very distinctive visual image, crystal clear. And what you realize is that you are seeing through Hawk's eyes. What you're seeing is that you are deep in the woods, much deeper than Martha has ever gone. You're fairly certain it's still the park, the weather and the view of the sky are what you're used to from Revenant and your, your ventures in there, but you've never seen this particular part of it. And I think it becomes apparent to you that you're, you're visualizing a memory. You're seeing something that is, has happened that he is perhaps remembering as you're tuning in. And you push through a thickly forested area and emerge on the edge of a cliff face about 40 feet high. The view is absolutely incredible. The Arctic summer sky stretches out before you, lingering perpetually in the dusky purple of twilight as the sun barely grazes the horizon. A clearing opens up on the ground far below you, leading to a narrow valley between two mountain peaks. A trail of smoke rises from the ground between them, but you don't look to see where it comes from because your attention is drawn elsewhere, straight ahead where the northern lights dance across the sky. But they look different somehow. These don't look like the northern lights, at least not in a way that you have seen them before, but the way that you've seen them before in a dream. Like a vast tear in the fabric of the world, opening up to colors and shapes beyond that you don't have words for. You're frozen to the spot in fear and admiration, and you're brought immediately back by Hawk's hand on your shoulder in the present. What did you see? Martha, I mean, what, what did you see? Why don't you tell me? It was... <sighs> Listen, there's... There are things going on, Martha, that the more you know about them, the less I can do to save you from them. And I want to help you, I really do, Martha, but there... <sighs> I can't tell you what's going on. It will only put you in harm's way. And I can't do that. Can you at least tell me where that cliff was? I think, Martha, that you... Look at him, not answering your question, and you feel this frustration begin to rise in you again. And you're overwhelmed by a sudden, inexplicable rage. Except it isn't sudden, it's been building, and only grows louder every moment that Hawk stands in front of you. You can't help but think that he's trying to trick you. He's trying to get you out of the way so he can take what's in the gates for himself. Your dark side compels you to hurt him. And so when we're talking about these dark side moves, I know we've sort of danced around the issue before, and you've had moments where these have become like thoughts in your mind. This is the first time in game that I'm actually telling you that this is a moment where your dark side is demanding something of you. And um, as I'm sure you know in your character sheet, you can choose to do these things or not to do them. I can't force you to do them. But if you don't do it, there will be consequences. If you do, there obviously will as well, but, yeah. but you, you're certain to have to choose here. So what exactly are the consequences? Is it just something that, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna vary narratively. Basically, if you do the thing, um, then the consequences will be the consequences of, you know, whatever the action is, which it would in oh. this case be, you know, attempting to hurt Hawk with your magic powers. The consequences of not doing it would be that these compulsions will grow stronger. Okay. It says on my sheet that um, if, 
if you do whatever is asked, mark experience. If you don't do it, then your powers are unavailable until the end of the mystery or until you cave. Until you cave. Okay, yeah. yeah. So basically, if you don't do it, um, things will like, this compulsions will keep getting worse and you won't be able to use your powers without doing the thing. Okay. Damn it, Hawk, tell me where this is. <laughs> I, I don't know how to be mad with this character. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll explore it. Are you going to attempt to lash out with your magic powers or are you resisting that urge for now? Um, we're still standing at the door, right? Or are we yeah, inside? I think you're inside the house. I think he would have closed the door before he started saying these things. Okay. Um, definitely clenching some fists. Okay. I don't think I'm going to hit him yet, though. Okay. It would be easy to do, even without your fists. It would be to easy. Just reach out with that intense mental energy building up inside of you, or maybe just lean into the powers that you felt building inside you for the past 15 years. It would be so easy, Martha. But that's fine. You have to make your decisions. So you're choosing not to for the time being? Yeah. yeah. Okay, excellent. He gets a little bit irritated with you. He says, listen, you can heed my advice or you can choose not to, but I'm not... I'm not going to tell you anything more than what I've already said. I'm trying to help you. You need to leave. And that's a decision that you're going to have to make on your own. And then he puts on, puts his hand on the door and makes as if to leave. This is just me telling you he's going to be leaving. If you'd like to do something to stop him, that's available to you in the fiction. No, I don't think Martha would right now. Okay. Then he storms out. Okay. And you are left alone in your home to ponder the implications of what has just happened. Siobhan. What's up? <laughs> Not too much. It's like your you. boy. It's your boy, Siobhan. <laughs> in the, his house. This is the 90s. Stop that. The slang is dope. It is. You're pretty, right. That is pretty, pretty new and fresh. <laughs> it is like maximum freshness up in this piece. I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like the maximum freshness? Mm. Well, all right. You're finishing up at work. It was an early morning shift today and kind of rainy, so pretty slow altogether. Um, I think this is not this is not the same day that you went back to work and had your discussion with Park Director Kennedy. This is some other day, probably later in the same week. Okay. So there's not much to report. Um, Director Kennedy and Riley went out into the woods to check out some sort of fungal bloom at one of the campsites, so you were just on office duty this morning, answering phones, dealing with campers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's the worst kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, right. But it's Monday, and you know what that means. Margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, you actually may not know what it means, but Siobhan knows what it means. It means book club. Book club. And you picked the book for this week. Oh, goodness. What was it? Oh, crap on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's definitely not the book. Why not? It's a good Because read. Siobhan doesn't use naughty words. <laughs> She doesn't say uh, words yeah. like Sorry, that. it's crap on a twig. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the naughty part. Um, I know that was the joke. I messed up. Um, um, hold on. This will have intense narrative consequences, so choose wisely. <laughs> this is like when you're playing uh, Life is Strange and you choose, like, oh like literally God. one time I was playing Life is Strange and it was like, and I clicked like an action to water the plant in my room and I got the little, this, this action will have consequences. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, the only book on this list of books from the 90s that I've read, <laughs> A Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, Siobhan loves Game of Thrones? It came out in 1996. 
brand new. Cool book. It's this brand new. Please tell cool. me she like picked up at the library the and she was like, oh, I love fairy tales. <laughs> I mean, I could also do like Jurassic Park. Oh, man. That came out in 1990. Wait, she does. She's a park ranger. Yeah. So probably Jurassic. <laughs> okay, so you want to read Jurassic yeah, Park? Yeah, Jurassic Park. She saw Park and she was like, "Oh, Oop, man, okay, your book club is going to love this." She saw Jurassic Park and she saw Park and went, "Ooh, ooh, so nice! I love well, book Park." Well, you know, just a few years ago, the movie came out, and there's the sequel coming out next year, so I want to refresh. <laughs> okay, okay, I love that. You know, the first one was so good; it can only get better from here. <laughs> With the movies. You're right. Oh, what a hopeful time the 90s were. <laughs> Take me back. Okay, okay, beautiful. So you picked Jurassic Park for book club this week. Um, that's amazing. I think that the book club meets, typically, and we'll say it's probably meeting there this week too, um, at the Danvers' home, because Helen Danvers is also a member of this book club. My girl, Helen. Yeah, so Helen Danvers is a member of the book club. Uh, that's Riley's mother and knitter extraordinaire. She has so many cats. So if anybody ever joins the book club that has a cat allergy, that's going to be a real problem. Mm -hmm. I think she has like probably 13, 14 oh, cats wow. maybe. She loves cats. I like cats. Helen. Helen's great. Um, other members of your book club are uh, Lillian Pierce, which is Zoe's mother. And uh, Judy, who is the waitress from Billy's Diner. And Father Chaz Cartwright, the priest at the Church of Revenant. Wow. Chaz. Chaz. So uh, you're on your way to book club. Anything else you're doing on the way in? Uh, I'm rereading just the, the back of the book. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Just got to kind of keep it fresh. Got to refresh that book in my mind so I can talk about it with all the book clubbies. <laughs> Do you, is that what you call yourself? We call the ourselves clubbies? the clubbies. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, man, I love it. I love these adults and their cool fun that they have on the afternoons. Um, amazing. Perfect. Wonderful. I think by the time you got there, um, you know, coming in from the park and everything, everyone else was probably already already there, set up in Helen's living room, waiting for the, the woman of the hour. Um, and they're sort of chatting. So do you let yourself in? Do you knock? Do you... Yeah, I do my cool, fun knock. <laughs> Your cool, fun knock. Yeah, refreshes. I kind of like knock and also walk in at the same time. <laughs> You're like opening the door with one hand and knocking on it as uh -huh. you come in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, so I think everybody else is sort of talking as you come in. Um, you hear Helen saying, So that was really something over at the diner the other night. Hmm. And uh, Father Chaz saying, Yes, it, it certainly was. Your your daughter is quite the influence, Lillian. And Lillian's like, I know. Riley is uh, quite taken with her, I've noticed. Well, they should be. What's not to love? Uh, and then Judy looks over and notices you and says, Oh, there's our action hero. Heard you had quite the night out there, Ranger O'Shaughnessy. Monsters! Uh, not sure <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> Helen says, oh please, there's no such thing. There are two! I've said it for years! And Lillian says, you really haven't. Siobhan, tell them! You were right there! I've been all in and out of those woods a hundred times and I've never seen anything that looks like <laughs> a monster, except for Adam Kennedy without his coffee. <laughs> 
Um, the book club loses their mind. This is the funniest thing anyone has ever said in Helen Danvers' living room. And she is freaking out. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, yes, yes. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, perfect. Um, they have a delightful... They, they just... Oh, man. You are, you're so popular. Oh, yeah. Man, they just love when Siobhan comes to book club. Siobhan knows how to work a crowd. <laughs> she sure does. Um, but Judy's a little bit persistent. She's like, no, okay, I, I know, I know, I know, but come on. There, there were tons of eyewitnesses. There were people that, what, what happened then? There weren't monsters. All I know is that a bunch of people got together for the protest and, you know, something happened. The mayor showed up. I, I was kind of in the middle of it all. I didn't really see... Much other than that. Nothing? I mean, Big Billy was there. <laughs> oh, was, what a gem. We all love love that big man. <laughs> <laughs> yes? Is there a problem? <laughs> You know, I am just in awe of the size of him. <laughs> That's going to catch on someday. Um, okay, great. Yeah. And uh, Lillian just sort of like looks at you and thankfully and is like, yes, see, that's what we've been saying. Judy, there's no such thing as monsters. I think we would know. We've lived in this town our entire lives. And Father Chaz just sort of cracks open his book and says, well, do we want to, do we want to maybe talk about, about Jurassic Park? I enjoyed it. I loved this book and I'm so glad that you all agreed to read it. You know, I'm sure we all read it when it came out and, you know, everyone saw the movie, but the book just has so much more depth, I think. <laughs> Don't you, Chaz? Oh, yeah, I really actually, I, I very enjoy the metaphorical relationship between creator and created that's explored by Michael Crichton in the text. Exactly. <laughs> I really like the big lizards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay, yeah, that's you know, very good. And how we made them. <laughs> so, like what you said also. <laughs> <laughs> I love book club. I would love to linger in the book club, but I think... <laughs> I think this has established what the scene needs to establish. And uh, <laughs> thank you for the gifts that you gave me personally in this because it was wonderful. Brilliant. Excellent. Let's keep that energy going. Mariah. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> it's going okay. Thanks. You are on your way to Fairbanks. I am. Yeah. How did you choose to travel? Um... I think probably I'm going to take a uh, train. Okay. I'm assuming that there are, are commuter trains in Alaska. Don't at me. Yeah. Um, cool. 
Okay, we already are in a parallel version where uh, blogs are called blogs. Yeah, so. trains actually, there's no such thing as trains. These are called large cars or cars. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> We're not going there. All right, all right. Rewind, rewind, rewind. I don't know why I said that in my Mariah voice. We're not doing that, though. <laughs> We're not doing that here. Um, okay, did you, tell anywhere else, did you tell anyone else where you're going? Um, I put a handwritten sign on the door of the library and I said, be back soon. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so as far as anyone else in town is concerned, you're just, you're out for the day. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> cool. So you're... He's loving that, Tim. <laughs> I put out uh, some books in front of the door, you know, those shelves <laughs> that bookstores oh, will do yeah, where, they're like, where they're like, take a book. Um, you also move your desktop computer outside, like, here, sign yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I left a little, like, notebook, and I was like, honor system. Oh, I like that. That's nice. It's nice that Mariah is learning to trust. <laughs> I trust people with, like, some of my books, not, like... Not your favorite ones. <laughs> no, 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 no. I put, like, a copy of... Uh, <laughs> it's just a bunch of encyclopedias. <laughs> yes. And a copy of Jurassic Park. <laughs> Thank God. I heard the book club was reading it. That one's been really popular this week for some reason. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Come here. Cool. Come here. <laughs> Why does he do that? He's just, I don't know. He's got a lot of feelings. All right. So as you watch the miles roll away, you find your mind beginning to wander. And I think very naturally, owing to the things that you're hoping to talk about on this visit, you find yourself thinking about your old mentor. Tell me about Phil. Phil. He was like, he was a cranky old guy, but like, he was a, yeah, I would call him a lovable curmudgeon. I would call him a, I would call him a, uh, uh, Ron Swanson type. Okay. Okay. When did you start working at the library? I started working at the library, um, because my, uh, parent, family wanted me to get active in the community when I was in high school. Okay. Um, I, they were worried about me being too much of kind of a weird <laughs> reclusive kid. Um, pretty much all I did was hang out with Zoe and, uh, definitely not smoke weed in the woods. Um, <laughs> definitely not. And, um, who does that? Paranoid does people that? probably. Why are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, and like read comic books and like, like write stories in my notebook about like aliens and stuff. I didn't like have a lot oh, of fun. I didn't have a lot of interest that involved being around a people other than like Zoe and they were like, you can learn like life skill and yes. Yeah, so okay. They, so maybe like 15, 16? Probably about like 15, 16. Um, essentially they were like, you need to get some sort of like job or do some sort of something in town. And I was like this one. Okay, cool. And so Phil obviously was the librarian. Yeah. The head librarian, not that there were any other librarians, yeah, head librarian. <laughs> but that was his official title. Um, so I'm guessing then that your sort of your interest in the paranormal was not something that he instilled in you, but rather something he fostered in you. This was yeah. already like a natural interest that you had and yeah. you just sort of noticed and maybe like started, uh, started leaving out books of that yeah. particular subject because he knew, he knew that you'd be interested or and he's like, you know, kid, my, my cousin was in Roswell during the, um, excuse me, this is my NPC. Oh, you're right. I was just saying, hey, you know, kid, my cousin was in Roswell. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, yeah. So, so how did this how did this first come up? Um, let's let's roll it back. Let's do a flashback. So you're in the library. Mm -hmm. um, you've probably been working here like what maybe a couple weeks when this comes up. This isn't like first mm -hmm. day. 
So yeah. maybe you've you've been working here for a bit. Um, you sort of like came in and and asked at the front desk if there were any openings because that's what your parents told you to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he informed you that there were uh, volunteer hours that you could get. Mm-hmm. You know, to go on your community service badge at Revenant High School or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't necessarily a paid position, although if it was work that you seemed to really enjoy doing, he might be hiring somebody over the summer and maybe you could slot into that position, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Um, so that makes sense to me. And I think that for the first few weeks, it was all, it was all stuff sort of like, you know, maybe just shelving or reorganizing. I don't think that he really would have had you doing a lot of heavy lifting in the library, mm-hmm. simply because I think much like yourself, uh, he's not an outwardly trusting individual, oh, especially yeah. when it comes to stuff like his, you know, his prized possession. So I think there were probably certain sections Which, yeah, of the library that you weren't supposed to be shelving yet. Uh, you know, you could shelve the encyclopedias and maybe a copy of Jurassic Park. Yeah. But, Jurassic um, Park was not out yet. No, it was not. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So let's talk about the first time that you guys really had like a, a heart to heart on mm-hmm. this, this sort of subject. What was, what was that day at the library? What did that look like? I had this vision in my head that, um, I, cause you know, I, I definitely wear like a denim jacket with patches on it. Oh know? yeah. Like, um, I have a vision that I put like, had like an alien head, like a little like, you know, oh, the tradition, okay. yeah. like kind of like, you know, the guy, um, traditional kind of like gray looking, yeah. um, but, but he's green cause it's a green patch and I got like my new patch and I was really hyped <laughs> about it and I like had that, sewed that on my jacket. It's like a big boy in like the middle back mm-hmm. and I feel like that would be like sort of like a an opening of like, do you really, are you really interested in, uh, in those? Oh, uh, okay. Those, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Are you a poser? <laughs> All yeah. right. Okay. So you're, the you're shelving me. books. So you're shelving books. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got your cool denim jacket on. Do you have like your Walkman in? Are you like jamming out of some tunes or are you like trying to be hyper vigilant about your surroundings? Yeah. I'm or? just like, just like thinking. Okay. Fair. So he walks by with an arm full of books and he notices your vest and I think he sort of laughs and he's like, uh, you said Ron Swanson and now I can only think but this guy has Nick Offerman's voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So, uh, you like you? Are you a real believer then? For, I for a minute I do that thing where when someone comments on something you've forgotten you're wearing and mm-hmm. you're like, "What?" And I like look over my shoulder. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I see that." And then, uh, why are you gonna make fun of me? Far from it. It's about time somebody else showed some sense in this town. All right, old man. <laughs> Uh, and I think he sort of snickers and goes back to his work, but there's a tiny bit more warmth, maybe, between you from that point forward. Um, and I think that a lot of your working relationship becomes like this. It's it's first, like, just little quips in passing, or, uh, you know, maybe uh, you you eventually find yourself shelving something, or, or you come into work to put your coat up on the, on the hook, and there's, uh, like, an article printed out there hmm. that's about stuff that you'd be interested in, like a, a Bigfoot sighting in the Pacific Northwest, or he leaves you out something about, um, about alien activity out in Juneau, or one time you come in, and he has uh, specifically left a book on top of the stacks that you're going to be shelving that is an article about um, secret societies. And so I think it's that sort of thing. <clears throat> there are moments where you're, uh, you know, shelving old books and he'll, he'll make comments about like, uh, you know, I'm telling you, Mariah, if even one other person in this town had your mind or, uh, or commenting on what lonely work this gatekeeping is that the two of you have to do, or, you know, you'll be, you'll be researching something or, or mentioning one of your current obsessions and you'll be like, oh, but, but think bigger, Mariah, you're, you're cleverer than this. Let's, let's work on it and stuff like that. 
And I think that's mostly the tone of your, your relationship with yeah. Phil. Um, now, you told me, we've established in the fiction before, that he disappeared about five years ago. Yeah. That's right, right? Yeah. What... How did you find out that he was gone? Well, he doesn't really have any family mm -hmm. in town, so I think, essentially, it would just be a matter of he stopped showing up, uh, he left behind... Like all of his stuff, he never like he that made no sense for him to leave behind. I um right, at, like reached out to like the only person in town he really knew very well, which is Billy, and was, said like, did have you seen, like have you seen Phil? Has he come? Has he come in? And he hadn't seen, and just suddenly he was just just gone, gone, um, inexplicable, inexplicable. And I have to feel like you would feel, um particularly shell-shocked by this, because was, you yeah. would... I, I feel like Mariah would think, of all people, um, that he could have at least told you, mm -hmm. right, what was happening, or where he was going, or what he yeah. was doing, or if he was involved in something. And obviously there was nothing. There was mm -hmm. there was no build-up. It was just suddenly one day you came into work and he was gone. Mm -hmm. And I think about the time that you get into this sort of recollection, um, you're in Fairbanks, and you've arrived. Okay. And uh, did you did you tell Isabel when you were coming? Or did you just say, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll show up at some point, and then just rolled up into town, like, over the weekend? Yes. Okay, great. So you're catching her a little bit off guard. That's okay. Um, love that. No, that's great. I hope the mail is faster than you are. <laughs> Might not be. Might not be. Um, okay, but it's... I don't think it's hard to find her store. Um, okay. That's where you're trying to go. It's the middle of the day, so I'm thinking you probably wouldn't try to find her home address or anything. Nah. Know? Because the address that you have anyway is for the book nook. The book nook. The book nook, which is not hard to find. It's in sort of the center of town, um, unassuming, but close to everything. It's not really busy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's clearly well-loved. And the few customers inside are all sort of taking their time lounging on overstuffed armchairs. Mm -hmm. And Isabel is at the front counter. Ah. And I think you walk in, there's a little ding over the door. Ding. And she says, Mariah Harris, all the way down here in Fairbanks. I... I have to say, I wasn't expecting you. I, um, got your letter. Excellent. Um, yeah. Wow, this is a rapid turnaround. You make quick work. <laughs> well, I don't like to waste time. I can see that. Can I get you some tea? There's a kettle in my office. Mmm. What do you got? Do you have a Earl Grey? <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be much of a tea collection if it didn't have Earl Grey in it. <laughs> Alright, yeah, sure. All right, come on back. So, uh, do you step behind the counter? Yeah, I do. Cool, so her office is in the back. Uh, Isabel's office is a bit of a stylistic departure from the rest of the store. It's warmly lit, but there are, are no windows. The chair behind the desk looks much more functional than comfortable, and the one on the other side is clearly a recent addition. There are a few notebooks stacked neatly on her Spartan desk, all of them bound in some fashion whether by tiny padlocks or leather strips or even, in one instance, a wax seal. Mm. But she does have a kettle back there. She has, like, a little hot plate and, uh, mm -hmm. and a kettle for it. And she pulls a box off the counter with uh, some various teas in it and sets to heating up water. Is there anything you want to do? Anything you want to want to look for around the room or any kind of questions a... you have about your surroundings? I'm just kind of looking. I'm just kind of taking it in. Okay. Do you, uh, do you get down to Fairbanks often? She asks you as she is fixing your tea. No, I'm, I've actually never been. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. It's nice. 
Yeah, it's it's cute. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a bit of awkwardness maybe in your interactions, or at least specifically in the way that she is conducting herself today. Mm -hmm. um, she seems a, a little bit on edge. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily about you. Um, I, I don't think that she seems like uncomfortable with you. I don't think that she seems mm -hmm. um, averse to you. She just seems anxious. Mm -hmm. So she finishes making her tea and she, um, she sets a mug down on the one side of the table mm -hmm. for you and she says, um, oh, oh, you can, you can, you can sit if you like. Or, or not. No, no pressure. I'm, yeah, thanks. Um, I can stand. Do you have a dog in here? What was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, there are three of them. <laughs> I'm amazed you didn't see them. Actually, they're literally everywhere. Oh, shoot, yeah. There, now you can make noise. <laughs> you're in the fiction, sweet boy. Dog, is he okay? Cool. It's it's really hard to tell. <laughs> um, so she takes her tea mug as well, mm -hmm. and I think she looks as if she was probably going to sit down, but then you say you're going to stand, and so she just stays standing, and now she's sort of like awkwardly holding her tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So. So Revenant was nice. Yeah. It's. I mean. Sorry. Right. It's whole. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's. But that's important. Do you um do you do you like it there? I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess it's home. Yeah, yeah, you said right. So um, sorry. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Put my hands in my pockets. Where's your tea go? Pockets. Pockets full of tea. <laughs> Oh, God. No, I sat my, sit my tea on, like, the t desk and I put my hands in my pockets. Oh, okay, okay, great. Um, so she... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so she, um... I think she stands there awkwardly for another second, and then she steps around behind you and locks the office door. She grabs a small black prism off of her bookshelf and sets it down on the desk, um, tapping it. Gently. It makes an almost indiscernible humming sound. Hmm. Like that. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, just pretend. <clears throat> just that's the That's, that's the what's sound. been happening this entire time. Oh wow. <laughs> They're That's good. Cool. They know their lines. <laughs> <laughs> Slaps tail in face. Hang on. Okay. Okay. So she takes the prism, sets it down her desk. It's like a little, um, like a triagonal prism, like, okay. like one on the front of like the Pink Floyd. Top. Yeah. Um, but small, maybe just like uh, one yeah. or two inches tall. Yeah. So I take a look at it. Okay. This might sound like an obvious question, but uh, what is that? Oh, this. Um, it uh, it gives off sonic frequencies that render recordings um kind of kind of useless. I'm I'm actually really surprised you haven't seen one before. But actually, Mariah, I think that you have. Do you know where? Um, try to think about it. No, I can't. I don't think so. You actually, Mariah, and this is not Isabel. This is your 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 keeper speaking. Uh huh. <laughs> um, you actually have seen one of these before, <clears throat> and where you saw it was with. 
Phil's belongings the day that you moved into his office. Oh. I don't know if that sparks any sort of like recollection in you yeah. or if or if Mariah has any visible reaction to that yeah. to that recognition. But yes. But you have seen one before. Yeah. And I think Isabel notices this change of expression on your face. Mm-hmm. And um at this point she seems sort of again very hesitant, but musters up the willpower to to break through that and says, So Phil is alive. I sit down. What is your what is your visible reaction to this? Aside from the sitting down, what sorts of what sorts of things are you processing? Relief. Be sort of like almost like upset at the same time because like if he is, then why didn't obviously it's it's good that he's alive, but if he if he has been this whole time, then why didn't I ever get to know what happened or where he went or anything about it? Do you respond to any of this out loud, or are these just things that you're processing internally? Inside. Okay. Um, she, again, is, is sort of reading your reaction, and I think she is... She looks surprised to see that you're surprised. And she says, oh, you, you didn't... You didn't know? No, no. How is... How is that possible? I never heard any. I just assumed something. <sighs> Shit. Wow. So he hasn't been in contact with you? Not that I know of. Um, <clears throat> she sort of, she looks around her, um, around her office and she is, um, she, she looks a little bit distraught. Not necessarily outwardly distraught in a way that is, like, close to tears or anything. I think more just this is catching her off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, she reaches into her desk drawer and she pulls out the keychain that you sent back to her. Yes. And she holds it up and she says, do you... Sorry, do you... Have you seen this anywhere? I mean, not the... Do you know what this means? Um... And she's asking you if you are familiar with the symbol that her keychain mm-hmm. represents, which uh, which you aren't because you researched it and couldn't find necessarily yeah. any distinct information on it. But I think you have seen it in one other place before. Where did I see it? And I think, I'm going to think back mm-hmm. to one of our earlier winter ludes when you mm-hmm. received a large crate of books for your library. And I think that suddenly what hits you having this symbol shown to you in this context uh-huh. is that this symbol was embossed on the bottom of that crate. And she looks at you and says, Mariah, he's the one that sent you those books. Sorry. This is all happening. This is it's all okay. in character. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wait, take a, take a second, wipe my eyes, and then kind of come back into the realm. I say, why do you know that? Um, and she looks maybe slightly guilty, but also clearly this isn't information that she enjoys having over you. Um, I think she is just as taken aback by your reaction to the situation as you are by your own reaction to the information that's being presented to you. 
<clears throat> and she just sort of reads your face and says, so you really don't know anything. And now I'm getting a little irritated. <laughs> and I say, no, I don't know anything. So would you please fill me in? Um, she sort of clutches her keychain back in her hand um, and sticks it back in the drawer and takes a deep breath and then says, um, you know what, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not as ready to talk about this as, as I thought. And she taps the prism on her desk again, puts it on the bookshelf, unlocks the door behind you and says, I, I'm sorry, it, it really, it really was great to see you, Mariah. I think, um, I think maybe next time we should meet in Revenant. And she opens the door. I pick up the mug that uh, my tea was in and I say, since you won't tell me anything, I'm taking this. <laughs> <laughs> and you put it in your pocket. Because I, I, I need a sense of power. Okay. And I open, I go walk over to her kettle and pour my tea into it, and then I stuff the and mug then you take into the my no, I stuff my mug into my messenger bag and I leave. <laughs> okay, I need a one petty thing, something to reclaim. Like this sounds funny, but also I need to reclaim some sort of control over the situation. So. No, I understand, and then but I, I think that's a very Mariah reaction to have. So that mug is mine now. So the mug is yours now. It says the book nook on it. <laughs> you, I think, have. Uh, have maybe learned only that you have more questions than you thought you did. Yeah. And I, I imagine that you're somewhat shaken by this whole interaction. Absolutely. But the good news is that uh, on the bright side, you know that you have some plans waiting for you when you mm -hmm. get back to Revenant. Yeah. And you know that even specifically this evening, you have evening plans that you are quite looking forward to. <laughs>